Yeah, we just got to start this thing, man. We got so much to talk about. Um, Do we? First of all, me waiting for you guys forever there. Um, wild. You weren't even on and the th- show last time, and then we skipped a week because you were unavailable. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I've been waiting two and a half weeks for you to show up. That's true. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I wasn't on it, but I'm back. And here we are, and we got a lot to discuss. I think we're going to break this one up into sections, guys. So I'm thinking, what are we going to do? We're going to do last week's racing stuff, right? We had Xfinity Cup, F1, IndyCar. Um, We're going to jump into contracts because that seems to be the topic of the summer in motorsports. Sounds sounds very And then obviously uh, people being disqualified in penalties because that's the other theme of the year. So, um with that, I'm Parker Kligerman. We got Joshua Mendoza, AJ Henderson. This is the Eraser Podcast. Let's get going. Bam. That is a hype song. It, it really is. I feel like I should just play that song on repeat when I go to the gym. <laughs> that would get me going. Yeah. You know, I went to the gym today to go box, do my boxing uh, workout with my trainer. And my trainer forgot that we had a session this morning. So I'm doing it tomorrow morning. But just so I put it out there, I actually went to work out without my trainer. And my trainer wasn't there. So. Oh, no. Kind of wild. So did you just start swinging at people on, on the street? Yeah, basically, I just started. I took my gloves out and just started boxing anyone I could find. I beat up a German Shepherd, uh, a, <laughs> a golden the- retriever, uh, their owner. <laughs> Parker, why do you immediately go to beating up animals? They're so sweet. Uh, I know. I mean, yeah, it's terrible. You know, you just count a box. Oh, no. Kangaroo showed up, got in a little oh, fight. Wow. Yeah, kangaroo, know, I yeah. understand. Those yeah, they have love you seen the kang- kangaroos fighting? They're, they're so like. I honestly, I would love like just kangaroo boxing commentary on ESPN The Ocho. I'm sure it's on YouTube. That's down. That is easily a YouTube thing. Considering (laughs) the filth that is on YouTube, that fits right in there. There's Um, a a guy I watch on YouTube. He's training his kangaroo to fight Jake Paul. I'm not joking. Oh my gosh. That's got to be illegal. I mean, AJ watches all this YouTube stuff. I don't watch Jake. I mean, how much YouTube do you guys watch? Real question, real talk. On a weekly basis. Instead of watching awful TV shows on these streaming services, I watch YouTube videos. I I watch probably about three hours of YouTube a day. Three hours? I I usually watch about 30 30 to 45 minutes in the morning when I'm getting ready. I have like, you know, there's like educational YouTube as well as other stuff that's like talk about racing, recaps. And then in the night, um, my girlfriend and I have a couple of like, creators that typically upload daily that we watch so wow it's free and it saves us on money on like subscription services so no i'm curious because so funny you mentioned the morning news thing so like in the wall i got a text from one of my buddies this morning and he had it on his tv while he was drinking his morning coffee and he was like hey get my racing news and i was like wow i wonder when people watch that now personally us outside of watching like old races I don't watch any YouTubers. I you am a YouTuber, but I don't watch YouTubers. Let, that's yeah. that's well, because very why serious. I find 
obviously motorsports is my biggest interest. None of no offense to these YouTubers, but not a single one knows more about this sport than me. So Ooh, why would I watch? Take. Well, I mean, it's just a guarantee. Uh, so like for me, it's like, okay, well, I could see what they're discussing, but I know it's being discussed on the internet. Cause I just have to look at Twitter and Reddit. No, I get like the opinionated stuff. I know what you're saying. Like, I don't watch them either. Cause like, I don't know what yeah. they're on about half the time. But like people like <laughs> Chain Bear F1 who has like educational stuff. Mm-hmm. Like those are really they, good. okay. They do really good. Like stuff. the opinionated they, people, it's like, what are you, what are you on about? Like we they need take, another F1 podcast. Yeah, seriously, I mean, yeah, the NASCAR Jeez. sim racing podcast. Those are a dime a dozen. No, this is a motorsports podcast, first of all. So yeah, no one ever. Yeah, they all say F1 no one or does NASCAR. This. this is overall. Yeah, the F1 podcast has always it's all started in the last two years too, and it's like some guy and another guy who watched Drive Survive were like, you know what, the world needs is us in Chicago to be a F1 podcast. And then they yeah, put their clips on, they put their clips on TikTok, and it gets a lot of plays. Now they're a podcast. So I'm I'm right now I'm going through my watch history and it consists of um, people dropping stuff off of high places like there's this dam in Switzerland that they keep dropping like <laughs> bowling balls off. Ooh, of. Nice <laughs> um, golf videos. Uh, I don't even play golf, but I just find videos on YouTube about it so fascinating. Mm-hmm. They compare like the different type of golf balls you can buy and clubs and like is a Costco set of golf clubs. I have watched golf like learning swings and it has helped on YouTube. So that's been big. I will do stuff like that where if I'm trying to fix something or something, I will watch that. Um, and then I got tech videos that I watch on here. Uh, occasional like rocket ship here. stuff. You know what? So I'm going to go to my history too. And I bet you it's entirely racing clips. So I like highlights, right? Like I love mm-hmm. those highlights we do on uh, motorsport on NBC where it's like extended highlights. Love that, can, can, sure. you know, consumer race I missed. So where's uh-huh. watch history? Here we go. Um, oh, this was one. This is how many glass planes can a nine millimeter bullet go through? The answer was sounds, 11 eighth inch glass planes. That's important information to know. Here's a video of a guy putting a GoPro <laughs> down a deep hole he found in the woods. <laughs> I watched that. All right. Do you guys want to know my history? Do you want to know my history? Yes, let's see. Let's hear it. All right. The NASCAR uh, Cup highlights, extended highlights on motorsports and NBC this past week. From you this were past watching. Weekend. You were on the broadcast. Why do you need, Why to, watch do you need that? to watch? No, but that. I like to rewatch some highlights because I forget. You guys don't realize when I'm doing the broadcast, I'm also working. So like, I'm keeping up with the cars I have in the majority of the show. But there's things I miss where I'm like running, to, you know, down to another pit or something, like a big wreck that I just couldn't pay attention to because I'm trying to get an interview, so I don't have a screen to watch. Like there's moments like that. Like our one of our directors gets on me. He's a buddy of mine. And he does tape. He's like, "Well, you weren't watching that." And I was like, "Because I was literally trying to get an interview done. What do you want from me?" Anyway, no, I, that uh, makes sense. You're working, so you can enjoy. Yeah, you know. So below that is the 2005 NASCAR Nextel Cup Series Sirius Satellite Radio at the Glen Bud Pool qualifying. <laughs> uh, Chris qualifying? Dyson hard crash. Wow. Yep. Xfinity Series of Road America, uh, my own in the wall show, Champ Car 2005 San Jose race cars, high speed crossing railroad tricks, uh, a documentary or a like tribute to Jason Richards. I did that twice. Jason Richards last V8 supercar race. Apparently, I don't know if you know him, but he was a V8 supercar racer that died from cancer. Very sad in Prime's career. Uh, driven the infamous race oh. through Chicago. 
Uh, oh, this is because my Porsche 996 has bore scoring. So there's a bunch of videos on Porsche bore scoring, which is something that if anyone's a car guy in here will rise a car girl. This is uh, my Porsche sick, which sucks. Uh, and then oh, it's no. all full race replays from the truck series. Some F1 stuff. Oh, and Conor McGregor, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. I yeah, that's a good one. So I honestly, I have a really specific interest on YouTube, which is my point. Like, it, my girlfriend loves YouTubers. She watches like you, these daily YouTubers. She watches all this stuff, and I'm just like, like if given the choice between a Netflix TV show and something created by, you know, like even I would say like in the wall to me would be like where. I'm like, that would be maybe what I could watch, like sort of stuff where it has like production value or something. But like, if it's a person talking into a cell phone for three hours, I can't do it. Uh, well, you so, don't want to watch boring. You're going to watch stuff that's yeah. interesting to you. Yeah, there is some high yeah. high quality produced content out there. Um, I mean, I there's a lot in here that I, I was just continuing to scroll, scroll through. This guy who put together an entire like using Apple air tags to actually track where his packages get shipped and comparing to what they report online. You told me about stuff this. like, so there's that's stuff like that. That's really interesting. Um, this guy, how many parts can you take off of a car before it becomes illegal? And oh. He's driving around <laughs> and stuff like that. That's just like super highly entertaining <laughs> stuff that, if it's produced well, it's almost to the same quality of like some Amazon Prime and Netflix shows that you just, but it's free. And yeah. I mean, no, I still, I, see that. I still pay for that. Prime. I still have Netflix, but yeah. I find it, it's a lot easier to find a way to watch a video that, because there's such a variety of length on those videos to find something that meets your like need in that moment. Like, I want to have 10 minutes of entertainment while I do this task. And, yep. and that's so much easier to put on and, and have on versus a 45 minute, you know, episode that you got to constantly pause and play and don't want to get interested into. That's a good point. I see it. All right. I am. Mean, so, so I think, I think, I guess where I, a lot of people watch YouTube, I might do podcasts, which is like working around the house or like stuff like that, I guess. Yeah. But trying to think i'm just trying to think if there's times i've gotten into youtube i think there is youtuber like when car youtube i have found myself watching car youtube i did like i always liked doug demero thought he was always really interesting. oh yes um, and he does a great job you know and even though it's like super low uh quality in terms of production value he's just so good at finding all the quirks and such that's what makes like youtube that. great you don't need a um lot yeah there's a there's a show with Hoovy's Garage, um, Tavares oh, yeah. and the guy from Vinwiki, um, that's kind of like Top Gear. That's that's actually really entertaining, and it's completely. What is that the? Free. What's the ca- name of it? Um, um, I know what you're talking see. about. I love Hoovy. He's hilarious. Uh, uh, he and I texted. Trek. Yeah, he and I texted when he was in Kansas. I want to say for the Cup race a year or two ago. A year ago, he was at he was mm-hmm. like the Grand Marshal or something at the race, and we were texting, um, trying to meet up, and we didn't make it happen. But hopefully, when he comes to another race, we'll make it happen. 
I want to meet him. Well, Parker, he's funny. If if you want some good YouTube videos to watch, I linked a couple in the podcast thing. Um, here's another one. <laughs> this is a guy. This is a guy un, unclogging a massive <laughs> drain on a lake. That's I'm pretty sorry. good. What? Well, I'm sorry. One of the videos that AJ linked, he was not kidding. Mm. This is literally training my kangaroo to fight Jake Paul, part one. <laughs> and the thumbnail, it looks like he's like there's a kangaroo like swinging at at the YouTuber. This is he's training his kangaroo. <laughs> I think that is just like animal cruelty. No, the kangaroo. It's a rescue. It's a rescue animal. He rescued kangaroos like fighting. He's not actually, it's just a meme. He's not actually training them to fight him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys, to racing stuff. We said okay, we would. we should talk about. And the only reason, I think I should preface how that came up. The only reason that came up is that AJ and I constantly discuss, often I'm like, what is this YouTube thing? Or like, I'll say this thing, and he's like, oh, that's a big thing on YouTube. And I'm like, what do you mean? And oh, then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was just yeah, curious. kind of a what is what is this YouTube thing is got to be the equivalent of a grandma saying go search the Googles. <laughs> well, no, it's What's not. Yeah, like... well, but last week, last week Parker asked me about this YouTube thing. I was like, I was like, yeah, you just you just upload videos on the YouTube. Your show is on YouTube, actually, Parker. He's yeah. like, what? Really? And I sent him a link to YouTube. He's like, well, I got to make an account on this thing. No, it's not how it went down. <laughs> I know. I mean, I love like in the wall. It's really fun when it does well on YouTube because there's so many comments, right? And so it's like, I enjoy that uh, because I like getting in debates. I do the same on Instagram and TikTok where I'll like debate with the commenters. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just, I find like, I just thought it was fascinating when my buddy sent me that this morning watching in the wall. I was like, I wonder when people watch that because I'm not a great, I'm not a great use case example of YouTube. I know that. I, I usually listen to it when I'm working. So I think you guys need to also put it on podcast platforms because you don't necessarily need a visual mm. to watch it. Yeah, that's, that's actually joke. you You can. Um, fun fact, if you're watching this on Spotify, yes, you heard that right. If you are watching this on Spotify, oh. you yeah. can upload video. You ain't the only one, Joe Rogan. We got video too Ooh. on Spotify. Yeah, I applied. I m- may have forged our numbers to be lower than they actually are <laughs> what lower i'm playing i i just put the oh. numbers of what our, our firecracker pulled and they they approved us for video so okay well cool. we've been banned off of spotify <laughs> yeah and now that you've watched this and now we're banned because they were like this was a complete lie no one is searching for this anyways <laughs> You can uh, you can you can upload video podcasts to Spotify, Parker, and you can By upload the way, in the wall. I just want to let you guys know. Well, I just want to let you know that our our sound is synced up, but your video is about twenty five seconds behind real time right now. So minus that's a you problem. You and AJ are by are about twenty five seconds behind right now. Weird. Do you want me to restart? You you doing this no. on Internet Explorer, bro? <laughs> I just it's, it's, it's it should be okay afterwards we'll, we'll 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 just it's a podcast you don't need video what, what were we yeah, just I don't talking need to see about you guys i hide this we you we don't need also, we, we don't need talking about it man yeah like this is fine you see okay. look now it doesn't now it doesn't appear we're behind at all parker look you're fine <laughs> great work guys um let's go into the race let's go into our topics we've done 15 minutes of useless youtube talk that no one cares about <laughs> so i think 
Let's start on yeah, last let's weekend. Talk, let's, talk, oh. let's talk about contracts, guys. That sounds no, really that's entertaining. Later. That's later. What are you doing? Oh, okay, later. We had a whole plan. Um, we even made a plan for this episode. My God. Can I, I do uh, one little piece of housekeeping real quick? What's that? I am actually housekeeping today and tomorrow because I will be next week be recording from my brand new apartment. So, oh wow. snap! We'll be we will have an eraser studio. <laughs> I this just gonna be a room in my apartment. <laughs> All right, carry on. Let's talk about racing. That's more more interesting than my life news. And his room, his second room, will still cost more than AJ's entire rent. But uh... yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, it's fifteen thousand dollars a month. Move to yeah, Ohio. Wow, it's guys. cheap. Inflation yeah, is it, cheap. Um. Good job. Speaking so, of the contracts. So let's talk about racing first. Last weekend we had <laughs> F1 at the Hungaro Ring. We had IndyCar at Indy Road Course, NASCAR Xfinity at the Road Course, Cup at the Road Course, and Trucks at IRP. Where do we want to start? I'd say F1 we can go through the quickest because somehow even though it was one of the best F1 races in a while, especially at the Hungaro Ring, it probably was the least eventful um, of the weekend. Max Verstappen won from, what was it, back to the grid or Tenth. whatever? Tenth. Tenth. Um, because Ferrari totally messed up their strategies. Probably should have had that race. What? One. Ferrari messed up a strategy? No. Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah. fair to say at this point, Ferrari uh, is sabotaging their strategies. <laughs> I think they're going for I think they just know they're not gonna win the championship, so they're going for an early round draft pick. Yeah. Try to get lower in the standings. <laughs> their strategy software uh is not doing well. And whoever their their developers are are and their, you know, data scientists are getting probably the boot pretty soon. So or or they're doing human decision making, which I don't know if it could be that bad. So <laughs> something's up there. But See, with guys... human decision making, you would think maybe the problem is they're trusting the software way too much. Whereas the rest of the teams, when the software said put on hard tires, they were like, Hell um, no. no, you know, in F1, I don't know what their level of mix is on that. I know in NASCAR, it's obviously a mix uh, as it's become more, you know, um, you know, with the war rooms and that sort of stuff, similar to design of F1 teams, you know, it's become more reliant on the tech, but it's still, there's a human element to making the decision. Um, and I think, you know, like people look at NASCAR sometimes maybe and don't realize that we're using basically the same software designs and, you know, in terms of like war rooms and all that stuff back at the shops, everyone's got all the top teams have them now and they utilize them in the same way to decipher more data and then, you know, give the relevant data to the pit box. So I think, you know, it would be interesting to see like, what is an engineer? And I'm sure it's out there, so we can probably look it up, but like what percentage do engineers in Formula One rely on the strategy software versus human intuition and decision? And then compare that to NASCAR, what they would say crew chiefs wise, it would be interesting to know. So, but I don't know. Is there anything else in that race that was big for you guys that we should go into, or can we move on to the indie weekend? No, I don't think uh, so. Well, FP3 Latifi was fastest. That's the only other piece of news. And the fact that Max Verstappen won from P10. 
Yeah, well, uh, which how, is the. I'm intrigued to see what the numbers are for like people tuning in the F1 races, because this car, this new car, like the racing is like, I don't know. It's it's. I don't, it got it's kind of losing me a little bit this week. Yeah, it did get it beat by Xfinity. It's losing me. We need, oh, to, there, we need to bunch the someone pack Someone said up. this to me. Someone said this to me last week. They said, I feel like the enthusiasm around F1 has peaked already. I think it fell off. Yeah, well, I'm saying peaked. Like it already peaked earlier this year. And I, I, I mean, because you cannot top the year that they had last year with the perfect storm and Netflix and all that stuff. And I just have a sense they're going to try and ride out this deal of not putting Americans in there and thinking they're all hoiding toity. And then guess what? They're going to turn around and America is going to shut it off and be like, we're not interested anymore. Sorry. I just know it. That's what happens. So they got to fix that. They got to let Americans in there. Yeah. yeah, I remember Sap and Van, and I'm like, oh, okay, 40 more laps. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to pass in about 10 minutes. Uh. <laughs> the, the, the points situation isn't helping that at all. I mean, Max Verstappen has a points lead that is so massive at this point. You got into the sport last year, and you, you're used to two people slugging it out for a season. Yep, and that's true. And now it's like, well. Back to status quo. I'm pretty sure Max Verstappen's going to win this championship unless Red Bull somehow manages to horribly screw up all of their chassis. Yeah. And I love Formula One, but like my favorite time for Formula One has always been practice sessions. Like, and I say that because I used to love the, you know, just the in depth talk and technical talk and that sort of thing. Um, and I still find that, but I definitely. And the last since the summer hit, I've watched very like far less F1 content. Um, and I think, yeah, a little bit, AJ, is you put the car. So like as a racer, that car, it's the same thing I said when we first saw it unveiled at the beginning of this year. It just looks lethargic. And yeah, that's true. it just doesn't. It looks heavy. It looks too big. It's just like I know it's really fast, but I go watch old F1 stuff you know, even mid two thousands. And I'm like, those are twitchy, hard to like, you can just tell those cars. And then you go to these onboards, these cars, and they're just barely moving their hands. And it's the exact opposite of the way everything else is going. You know, it's NASCAR, the car is harder to drive than ever. Um, I think the, you know, these regular stock cars are really hard to drive in Indy car. I know they're really hard to drive and they don't have power steering, uh, sports cars, maybe is going to like a similar thing, but I don't know the LMDH cars time will tell if those are really hard to drive, that sort of thing. So I just think, I think the car looks lethargic. Um, and I don't know, maybe it just, I don't know. It just isn't, isn't captivating me watching them just drive no, laps. Right. Yeah. If you go back and look at like Max Verstappen's lap at Jetta last year, the qualifying mm-hmm. lap where he crashed out at the end and like, see how hard he's driving that car and how quick it is. And then go like watching on board at like Miami this year, and it's like it's night and day. They they're not the same, you know. Which which Miami has shorter. Some of the corners are slower, but still. Yep. I haven't. Um. So I got the opportunity to see it in person in Spain. I didn't have a comparison between what the previous generation was like versus this generation, but two things stood out to me: how quiet they were, and when they went by me they weren't markably faster than the formula two cars that I saw three hours prior. It, Hmm. you know, it wasn't like I didn't see the two 
and like look at it. I'm like, holy cow, the F1 car is so much faster. It do- it did not look nuts to me as it drove by. It yep. It was maybe it's just the close tight shots that they are historically known for doing that makes those cars look so much more crazy and the onboards, but from perspective and fan point of view, they do look kind of slow. And there is a time when those cars do look quick, you know, it's in rare moments, but you do like the old, the car before this, you know, you just knew by the end of that thing's life, it was a monster of speed, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like it just, you could see it and the tires bending over and everything. And then you go back to like the end of the V eights and before that, the V 10 eras where they were twitchy and tiny, uh, you know, missiles. I just think there's an element with this thing that, it just looks big and cumbersome. And it's weird for you to say that, Josh, because one of the things I remember most vividly about seeing Formula One cars in the V10 era and the V8 era, and I didn't see the last era of the, the hybrids in person, but the those I saw, and I'll never forget how just quick those cars looked. Like, they just seemed faster than anything you'd, could possibly see right um and i'll never forget that so it is weird you know for you to see an f1 car and not be taken back by being like that looks fast you know it 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 did not impress me as far as speed goes maybe it was the track Hmm. where i was sitting on the track could definitely be a possibility i think it was near like turn four or five maybe seven of spain i don't know where it was at it could have been a slow portion of the track where they just were getting up to speed oh we have a visitor on the podcast visitor snap now she just slinked away (laughs) oh no (laughs) all right you know i do i do wonder um the we've been like i wonder if part of the reason why f1's kind of fallen off for me because the racing hasn't been like super stellar is also partly maybe because nascar has been so awesome this year yep yep like per, almost every race like i really enjoyed the whole time it's, it's wild, almost dude. like being a motorsports fan and not segregating yourself to just one type of racing that you watch mm-hmm. you tend to find that a lot of racing has ebbs and flows in their yep. series of exciting racing and true. the more Except- you watch the more you'll find amazing racing Except when you talk to the F1 maximalist who believe just everything F1 is the greatest thing ever. Uh, it's really hard. It's funny. I made a tweet the other day that kind of blew up. And I talked about this on In the Wall where it was like when Danny Kvyat said he's coming over to do NASCAR. I said when Na- when F1 drivers can't drive F1, they want to drive IndyCar and NASCAR. All these F1 fans should follow their lead and watch IndyCar and NASCAR when they can't watch F1. And I got all these responses, including this one girl was like, well, they need to do more to reach out to us F1 fans than just to have the drivers like it or something. And I was like, well, first of all, the drivers like it because it's not F1. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so why would they mimic F1? And then two, it was like, okay, well, what would you like? They're trying to provide a different product that is motorsports, but has a different flair or reason for existing. And F1 doesn't do the greatest of everything. It's just is a type at that, you know, it seems to be the largest in the world, but it's just, it's also, it's fair flair and flavor of motorsport. I just, 
I have so many people who got into F1 in the last two years. I've been a little fed up with in the last couple months where like, they're telling me that like NASCAR should try this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. I'm like, you just started watching racing. We've been doing this for 60 plus years. Like, trust me, we know that it F1 exists. Like, we didn't just find out about it when you found out about it. Um, and, you know, to just say everything should mimic each other is ridiculous. Like, it's a different offering and the drivers want to do it because it's different. So I just yeah. found it well, interesting it's also to ask the that question of like, why would, okay, so then what was, what gets that person interested? That person also deleted their tweet immediately after. Um, so <laughs> they got sort of a bunch of kickback. <laughs> I well, also funny. i think uh i think part of it as well is there's a whole different culture in f1 than there is in any other motorsport or like there's go on twitter right now there's probably 30 george russell fan accounts there there isn't any yep. there's like maybe two ryan blaney fan accounts you know yeah like all they post about is ryan blaney you know so like yeah. well, a whole i see different that. like these are like super like george russell is like a superstar especially to people in the uk you yeah. know we're like a nascar driver you're kind of just like Hey, his car looks cool. I guess I'll cheer for him. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I not see in every the case. Not in every case. Well, these and they yeah. also these these accounts have like they're wild. They just post like pictures of the driver and get thousands of retweets. <laughs> it's like okay. Yeah. It's, no, it's, they are it's, globally it's not, bigger. Like, there's no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Well, that people I th- maybe some F1 fans also want like that superstardom. Like maybe they don't think it's worth watching NASCAR if like the BBC isn't talking about it or, you know, like Mm -hmm. their Twitter feed isn't filled up with it. Then maybe they don't think it's that big of a deal or anybody cares about it. Even though it's the biggest motorsport in the U S and another part to this subject, this talking point was a buddy of mine in our text chat the other day was like, all right, Parker, why is there no American F1 driver? It'd be huge to have Americans in F1. And I was like, Oh, you just opened up a can of worms, but I'll dive into this. And he's like, you should talk about it on the, in the wall. And I was like, Oh, well, funny you ask. We just talked about it on in the wall last week. And I was like, here you go. Colton Herta, Logan Sargent, blah, blah. You know why they're not there. It's been very tough for Americans to break in there, that sort of thing. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with this, but anyway, now I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, well, shit. Dang well, it. I hate when that happens. I got totally distracted by Does this fall under contract talks? The, the uh, news of Logan Sargent? We can go that. We can go that route if we're just There's news go, of Logan we can go Sargent. series by series. Um well, so Logan Sargent will be uh he will be test driving a Williams machine. Uh it looks like at Not the United driving, States practicing. practicing, sorry, yeah. Yeah, nice. it's a big deal. You will, you will be doing that at the United States Grand Prix. So we had FD1. him on. Yeah, I love this. This is really cool. We had him on In the Wall uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And cool kid. Uh, I raced against his brother, Dalton Sargent. Um, and he, uh, he's been over there since 12 years old in Europe. He's in the Williams Drivers Academy. And this is his first year in F2 and he's won multiple races and isn't challenging for the championship, which is like F2 historically is a two year process. So like, if you look at the history of people that go into F2 and then get a chance in F1, it's a two year process. You can have a year where you're kind of decent. Uh, sometimes you don't even win. You know, if you look, I think it like, uh, I'm trying to think of a similar, I can't remember their stats, maybe Lando Norris or something like that. I can't remember the exact stats, but you look at it. Even Lewis Hamilton did two years in F2, if I remember at the time when it was GP2. Um, but anyway, you go in there, it's a two-year process. They want you to like, you know, high level, fast, open wheel car. You've 
you get in the top three, that makes you eligible for a super license. Maybe you do one more season, you hope to dominate, win the championship in that year, and then that makes you go on to be F1 eligible, you know, get an F1 drive uh, with a bunch of money situations, financial and political stuff, you know, rammed in the middle there. But Logan is doing an awesome job in his first year, and there's obviously a lot of movement, and there's definitely a uh, want for an American in F1, and so he's getting his chance to practice, and I think it's super cool. So with that being said, has suddenly the interest in the United States for F1 been peaked so much that there are F or there are sponsors who are looking to sponsor a American driver that may be outbidding what Latifi can bring to Williams. And this is why they're doing this FP session is to try and get him super license points. So that he can actually race potentially, maybe not 2023, but 2024. Oh, I think 2024 for sure. I think the big question is 2023. Logan said he wasn't looking to F1 in 2023 because he's focused on F2, which I understand because that would be a very quick accession. Um, Mm -hmm. But he's tested for them. And I think obviously Williams has an American investment group that bought it. Um, It has a, you know, there has been a race amongst McLaren and a bunch of others to integrate into the U.S. culture and try to use this F1 fan, you know, fandom in the U.S. as a way to get all these different sponsors. And I think it's what it's increased like a hundred percent from last year or two years ago in terms of companies from America that have that have been interested. Williams was the one that was quoted. Wasn't the Williams commercial director the one that was quoted saying that they basically was a hundred percent more this year? So I think that definitely opens up now do i know like what latifi no i don't know any of that but i think the that momentum is hard to fight you know hard to challenge and go against and you know when the strike when the iron's hot i'd go now you know i just feel like you don't have anything mm-hmm. to lose if you can get that guy in there and he gets the support of you know you're talking about these massive tech companies that obviously tech is going through a bit of a route in the last couple months but these are the largest companies in the world and they're centered here in the US, right? These are the most valuable companies uh, in the world. They're centered here in the US. Like you have their attention for a very short span and getting for an American like Logan, if he can align with that, it's just going to be ginormous for him and then perform as well. So, yes, I, I, I think it's a I would love to see it. I honestly, the fact that we haven't had an American F1 driver in forever is a crime it it, they're they have yeah they have the opportunity and i've seen we had a couple it just wasn't doing f1 wasn't no one cared about f1 over here when they were there so scott speed Mm -hmm. he won the red bull driver search made it all the way there and then you had uh alexander rossi who obviously got a couple races at marusha um but he couldn't get any support because no one cared about f1 over here and it was the same thing when i was trying to go to europe when i raced against alex an oatmeal and people looked at me like I had 10 heads and that asked if I meant NASCAR. (laughs) So the timing, you know, this has been such a rapid change in heart here in America that you just have to sort of see where this lands, but it's interesting. It's really interesting. So we'll see how it plays out guys. We've spent enough time on F1. We just made fun of F1 podcasts. We turned this into an F1 podcast. Yeah. What the heck? I don't, we haven't even got to the NASCAR stuff. The latest on oh, the latest contract. We're talking about Ross Chastain cutting the course. Dang it! <laughs> All right, <laughs> I I think that's that that that's a beautiful transition, nice and seamless. All right, AJ, Let's go move. ahead. 
Uh, no, nah, you guys go ahead. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in. This has been a wonderful broadcast. Uh, no, <laughs> but for real though. Uh, if you guys want to talk about the contract stuff before, that's fine. No, no, no. Let's get into racing contract okay. stuff. Should we, should we go through the whole weekend of NASCAR or? We can, you know, if you want to discuss something, I think we're at the point here where you want to discuss it. IRP had trucks. It was a crazy race. I don't think there's anything really to go and do other than IRP is awesome. Short tracks are great. Awesome seeds. Trucks utilized that way. Had a big crowd. That's the kind of places and races we want to see out of the trucks. Moving on. And John Hunter Nemechek doesn't know the difference between being a bug and a windshield and all of that. <laughs> Besides that. All right, moving Xfinity. on. To the Indy. Xfinity was – I enjoyed Xfinity. Did you guys enjoy I Xfinity? Good. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Parker. Parker was let's, in the race for let's, um, uh, 15 oh, was? <laughs> you were – yeah. You, so give us an idea of what it's like to drive an Xfinity car around Indy and then inevitably what's it, what is it like? How do they prepare their grass I'm still in Indy? I'm still wondering what it's like to drive an Xfinity car around Indy. Um, so Joey Gase, Patrick Emling reached out to me about doing this race after our success at Coda in the 35 car. I was quite pumped because I was like, oh, Indy road course. I want to be good. We can get this thing in the top 15. No problem. Maybe we can go fight in the top 10. Uh, I just believe that, you know, they have a good car there. And obviously I'm feeling very confident on road courses right now. Got there for practice qualifying, made a half a lap before the uh, bolts in the steering for the holding the steering box uh, broke. So um, it was unable to be steered. We then missed qualifying, uh, got in the race by the skin of our teeth, and uh, got in the race, started at the back. The couple laps in, the engine had an issue, so we got that fixed. Went like a lap or two down. Uh, but still would have gotten our laps back because no one goes lap down there. So like <clears throat> we'd gone back and then I started clicking off lap times that were top 15, you know, having no practice, never been there really. And um, then I went off in the turn seven, just taking care of it, running really competitive laps. And uh, the brake pedal went to the floor and I was staring at the zero runoff at the end of turn seven thinking this is going to suck. Um and so I tried slowing it down by downshifting and was able to sort of wanted to get it sideways a little bit and sort of like just sort of slow it down. And but the same token, I was like, man, I don't want to go into that 44, which I could see up ahead. So when I tried to like just sort of like sort of slow the rears, it just snapped around on me. And that's when I headed and careened into poor Ryan Ellis and uh, Alpha Prime in the 44 car. Um and felt Who terrible about our, that. But they were they were our guests last week. Oh, well, that's yeah. So they deserve general it. manager. So <laughs> I ran up there just to check on him. He was okay, but he wanted to be driven away. He wanted to try and drive away. So I let him. You know, when I got out of the car, and then I saw him afterwards, and they had to eventually quit. And uh, yeah, I apologize. I know he. It was a hard hit for him. I barely felt a thing, but it was definitely hard for him, which sucks. Um and. Yeah, that was my weekend. So the whole that uh, NBC NASCAR team made sure to make fun of me in the production meeting multiple times, uh, but that's okay. So, you know, in this sport, you're the hero winning at Mid Ohio, and you're basically dead last at your next time in a car, Indian road course. 
Um, and that was my Xfinity. Yeah, you went from you went from winning a NASCAR race to the next mm-hmm. week not driving a NASCAR to the next week your brakes went out in a NASCAR. <laughs> if, it, if it makes you feel any better, everyone's wondering what happened to Kyle Larson's car and, and not yours. So we still won't know. No, we yeah, we. we <laughs> well, we don't have yours. Yeah, your yeah. definitely yeah. the brakes went out. You you only yep. had more people watching you than the F1 race. That's no big deal. That is true. Well, at least yeah, I gave so... them a show. Yeah. <laughs> and and we got the Can't CD say they forgot logo me. on TV. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we did. Look at that. Yeah. So, so big TV time, guys. Bigger than if Lewis you want to sponsor got in America. Ooh, yeah. If you want to sponsor Eraser, let us know. Yeah. Please. You can you can yeah. Come come on over, contact us. We'll make that happen. We haven't been able to eat in weeks, so we'd love to hear that. <laughs> Shave Club, I'm talking to you. Hello Fresh. I still All I right, still AJ Omninger won here. the race. Uh that was about it. That's all I remember from it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Moving Honestly. on. Uh IndyCar race was Oh, okay. Oh yeah, well, there was an IndyCar race. About IndyCar. Uh, Rossi wins, breaking a three-year drought. Big deal for him, finally to win again. By the way, yeah, that was cool. Colton heard had a weird, a, a weird drivetrain issue that brought him out. He should have won the race. Unfortunately, he uh, drove over a bump, and the bump probably looked like it just did something to the engine. So, yep, that was that was tough. And then they made him sit on pit road for 10 minutes before they finally got <laughs> allowed them to push it down pit road. So <laughs> they just wanted him to think about what he did. Yes, exactly. <laughs> sit so there, you sit there and you think about it. <laughs> yeah. He's in, he's in, he's in the, the bad penalty box. Yeah. 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 Uh, so what's your, what's your opinions on the Ross Chastain thing? Josh, if you want to go first, Josh. I saw your I saw your tweets. Yeah, uh, why don't we start it off with a less heated take, Parker? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> under the commercial break, prior to that, there may have been, and I'm not naming names, and I'm not saying what was said, but as many know, we like to chat between ourselves. The pit road and the booth will chat uh, under commercial breaks. Someone made the joke of like, I would just send it off into the runoff there in turn one and cut the course and then drive back out and see if it's like a, and we made a joke. It's like a joker and rally cross and that you had to take it one time or something. And then sure enough, the next restart, Ross Chastain has the big brain move of the year to just send it off in the, barely attempt to make the corner in the chaos that is turn one each and every time. And I don't even think we have to get into that because every podcast from here to San Francisco will talk about the chaos in the turn one and the wrecking and trying to gain the funnel of death. Funnel of death. Yeah. Um, So we don't have to go into that, but in terms of the specific thing, Ross then comes out basically battling Reddick for the lead from, I don't know where Ross was when he restarted, maybe fifth or sixth, which the funniest part was like, he raced him. So fourth, he's raced him so hard. Uh, <laughs> through there, like he was gonna get the chance to win this race, and obviously that just wasn't gonna happen. Like I know I don't even care about rules that were written or not written. There is no way in hell you're gonna be allowed to win a race not driving the track and gaining positions by doing that. Like it's just not gonna happen. I'm sorry, I don't care if the rules written or not. It's not gonna happen. Like 
they'll just make a rule. Like that's, I don't care where it is. It could be Formula One. You do not drive the actual track that is described or use what is considered runoff or whatever. Gain positions, then you are going to get that taken away. That's just given. What I think is funny, which he did then get that taken away. He got like a 30 second penalty. What I think is funny is I'm curious if he comes out fourth or third and just sort of slots in there, does anything get said? I don't think anybody would notice. That's the thing that would be wild. And then on the white flag lap. Yeah. To me, that's a failure by NASCAR. I mean, to to be honest with you, a runoff area should never be even possible to be faster than the actual intended course. (laughs) And NASCAR, NASCAR really needs to ask themselves how the hell they managed to have a runoff that's quicker than the course. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a big brain move. And I know that you shouldn't be able to, but there are the whole thing about racing for me is finding a way to navigate the rules in a way that doesn't technically break them, but gives you the biggest advantage. And what Ross did was said, okay, NASCAR says I can take this section of course. If I miss turn one, all he has to say is I missed my breaking point. I knew I wasn't going to make it. That's why I look like I'm going faster. I decide since I've missed my break point, I'm going to minimize the penalty, which is taking the runoff as much as possible and go as fast as possible through there. He didn't know where he was going to pop out. He didn't go into there saying this is going to gain me two car lengths on the cars in front of me. He went in there and said, I'm going to minimize this penalty as much as possible by going as fast as possible. And NASCAR got caught in a position where their runoff was faster than the regular course. Yeah. No, I'm with and I I hear you. I think big brain approach. I just think there's no chance in hell they're not going to not penalize it. Yeah, I My, I felt like that was a 5 second penalty, not a 30 second penalty because now they're no, referring think, to another I think you got another go rule that didn't apply. Basically. I think you got to go to the to back. Me, of the, it, it should be and it should be end of the lead lap sort of penalty. Like that's just Jacron. It should be the largest because technically he did affect the race. On a, in artificially by then slotting in between the two and the eight, and maybe the two could have ran down the eight. So my question for you is, he served a penalty by using that that part of the track. That was the penalty, is using that portion of track. I think that and, I actually, I look at it differently. I think that is provided as a area to go if you're having an issue or can't make the corner. By no means is it supposed to be a penalty box, but you're not supposed to gain time. He gained time. He gained position, track position. So is that, do that. is that on Ross I don't or NASCAR? That's a failure. I think it's on him. I think it's the same thing when you cut a chicane. When you cut a chicane in 90% of race, the one thing I have a problem with in NASCAR, and I've had this discussion, and I'll continue to have this discussion, which is in every form of racing, you cut a chicane, you just give back the spots you got. Just give it back. And if you don't, you get assessed a penalty. Okay. In NASCAR, they usually, give, a, they usually give you a lap so or two. Yeah, a lap or two. Does he wait give it back. while they finish wrecking? Just go back to fourth place. Yeah. Slot into fourth. Okay. Whatever so the fourth they, place he's, car is, he's supposed slot into fourth. And, and Reddick drove away from him anyway, so he wasn't going to win yeah, the first Yeah, I think place. the other problem is, the other problem is, you know, that adds more officiating for NASCAR, which I think they want to avoid, which I understand because they've got more cars competitively on a lead lap than any other form of racing in the, in the world. So they've got a harder job in that sense, no doubt. I think 
But the, the thing is, you know, we have these arbitra- this penalty where it's like a stop penalty box. You stop, then go. That runoff was not a penalty box. That runoff is there to be like, oh, my God, I have an issue. Oh, I can't make the corner. I'm going to go down in here, and then I'm going to be able to re-enter the racetrack in a safe manner, most likely giving, you know, taking my same spot or giving up spots. But by no mm-hmm. means should I be able to go through there so fast that I then rejoin gaining spots. Like, that completely negates the purpose of the runoff. So should have NASCAR added a a chicane like F1 does with when yeah, they have I'm those sure runoff areas I just don't and those even, access I don't even think it matters. I would have just told everyone, you just got to rejoin the same position you went in. Or lower. Same position you went in or I lower, like you just I've, keep positions. I fall in between both of you, where I think that Ross very... Even though you can't prove it, it was very obviously intentionally did that on purpose because he didn't even attempt to turn into the corner. Uh, yep. So that's I feel like it's the biggest thing. You de- he didn't intend to turn in whatsoever. He wasn't like oh, I'm turning. Oh crap! Not gonna make it. He just boom <laughs> went for it. But at the same time, NASCAR, it's like you need to have either like a chicane there, or you have to come to a stop or yeah. something, or just make it so where it's not quicker than the actual track, especially on a restart where everybody's getting bunched up. Of course, it's gonna be quicker. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, so I actually spoke to Anthony Alfredo, uh, in detail about this and he, he had mentioned that that runoff was not, it did not require a stop and go. And that's the penalty that NASCAR assessed was failing to do a stop and go, which is where my issue is with the 32nd penalty. If this was F1 and that had happened, they would have ordered him to give the spots back or given a five or 10 second time penalty. I feel like yep. NASCAR went draconian here and basically ruined a team's day because they were not crystal clear on how you are supposed to handle that runoff area. I, I feel like a penalty fourth, should be assessed. Yeah. It, it would have been rejoins fine. In the, it, the, well, but if just, he rejoins in fourth, then there is no, like, they probably would have said nothing. He went for the gusto. Absolutely. Like, you know? Well, to be fair, Austin Dillon did the same thing, and he joined behind the other car that he was racing. Bam. That's and totally allowed. Didn't gain an advantage, but he got a oh, penalty. Oh, I was told. Oh, okay, he did get penalty. He got yeah. a 30-second yeah. penalty as well. And Denny Hamlin did this, did the same exact route earlier in the race. It was more, I think, NASCAR was upset that people were using it to try and avoid the carnage that was go- turn one. And that's where they well, were Well, they were trying to it. gain it. Yeah. So, which I understand. I mean, it's yes, defeating av- the purpose. Avoiding the, the wreck the is exactly, and and NASCAR was upset about that. But at the end of the day, I really feel like it's on NASCAR for not making it slower. You know, yeah. if it was a well, stop sure and go penalty it. in the access road, you have to you have to stop in that access road and then continue, or at some point between the entrance to the access road and rejoining, you need to find a place to have stopped. That's yep. What NASCAR should have done from the beginning, I'm I'm shocked that it took this long for somebody to finally use that. Because no, I see what you're saying. I think NASCAR definitely could have done more, but I think at the same time, what the one did was very unsportsmanlike, in my opinion. So I, not, I think he yes. had it coming. It it definitely went against the spirit of what that was supposed to be there for. But that's kind of what I love about it because it's skirting no, right. the rules. Right. Yeah, and, and that's part of motorsports. And we've, 
and I've and I always feel like finding a loophole in a rule should be rewarded to the first person who does it and immediately fixed. Yeah, that's and fair. I mean, just like F one, where it's finding loopholes and the design of the car, you you know, the the making it so your vehicle can change your toe with the that or the turbo fans on the back of there. I get that. I think that's really intuitive and. You got to be like, wow, that's really a, a smart way to interpret that. And we clearly did not outline that. And I just feel like NASCAR didn't take that as, hey, we're going to, we'll, we understood what you did there. We're going to fix this for next time. So it doesn't happen again. So, yeah. Well, there are some gray area rules where like, they kind of like, there's one thing I saw somebody posted in the Eraser Discord, join the Eraser Discord, everybody. Um, <laughs> Good call. Where it was something in the rule book where it says if a competitor is forced off the course in a racing incident and reenters the track without cutting a significant section of the track and without advancing his or her position, NASCAR may in its discretion forego a penalty. So I guess kind of a gray. It's a catch all. Trust me. Yeah. That's, that's a catch all. That's, that's no different have, than NASCAR. They can give you a penalty for wearing the wrong hat if they want. Yep. <laughs> well, Hey, Parker, speaking <laughs> of you were an driver. Yeah, you're you're an Xfinity driver, Parker. We need you to change your hat right now from yeah. Camping he doesn't he he doesn't have an Xfinity hat, or maybe oh, he does. Right. I don't know. You got to no, win I a don't. race to get How one. How many of those? hats do you have? I wonder. A lot, like fifty or sixty. Shannon yeah, I makes me purge them all the time. I love hats. So, um, I also just I wear them so much, and then I beat the heck out of them, and they're they're destroyed. Uh, I think we've all said our our statements on that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. That uh, was final, wild... final statements, final statements, go yep. back to the oval. Uh, okay. Great conversation. Nope. I, okay. Before yeah. we go, there's one last note. I just find it very funny that the racer is the one that's in favor of penalizing a driver. Whereas the person who does race control is in favor of letting somebody skirt the rules. I find that very okay. interesting that it... I'm not in favor. Dude, of if you're Parker, just, I'm in favor of, I'm in favor. I I thought it was a big brain move for sure, and it was funny that we all did it. But I'm just saying, like, no part of me thinks I could pull that off and get away with it. Like, I don't care if it's not written in the rule book. They will make a penalty before the end of that race that gets you a penalty that you do not, or even after that you do not finish in that position. Like, that is just that is common sense. Like, common sense says you cannot just go down a different course, gain time, and be rewarded for it. It will not happen. I don't care if you're racing local go karts. <laughs> If you're racing NASCAR, Formula One, or on the moon, that no one is going to let that happen. Yeah, I it's agree. like when you're it's like when you're in an <laughs> iRacing race and you accidentally dump somebody, and you're like, "Well, he's definitely going to dump me back, so I better just prepare for it now and be ready." <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's inevitable. It's like if he slots into fourth, if you restart in fourth and slots into fourth, then so be it. Like, great, mm-hmm. whatever, you made it through, awesome. Uh, but when you go to the lead. Of the race, I'm sorry, but I have just no fiber in my body. Is like, yeah, they're gonna let that stand. <laughs> like, no, I, I definitely think NASCAR is going to adjust that for next time. That, oh, I be at a chicane, make make it a stop and go place. It's just funny to me. All right, anyways, moving on. Contract time. It's get, let's. How about how about changing that corner? Hey, wait, big oh, brain here thing here. Turn one oh. is now the corner he took there down through the at f- turn four oval portion down to the right, and you get rid of that 
basically funnel death. Or it would continue, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what you just said. That honestly it doesn't make any sense. It was the stupidest comment. Move on. Let's just get <laughs> on with it. I, I, I love the funnel of death. It's way more exciting. <laughs> Technically, it's, like, it's not it's against like the rules for Ross just to run the oval backwards and win the race that way. <laughs> I think Danny Kvyat tried to do that. I think he ended up out there for like six yeah. laps. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, that was a whole I think other he was thing. all the way around and like he was in like turn three in the oval, like trying to rejoin the track. Like, sir, where are you? Like, what? Why are you? What are you doing back there? It has nothing to do with the track. Sir, I'm, this is IRP. This is the wrong racetrack. <laughs> had to, I am, had to get a, a hand camera, like a local security camera, just to find him out there. <laughs> I, I am honestly, the, the part that makes me the saddest is the fact that you guys never interviewed Kvyat at any point during race day. Yeah, no, I didn't really hear much about him. So we, uh, it, it just, the time, it was... So much go. I mean, that race, I had a whole thing planned on talking about how he was learning and getting ready and all this stuff. And that race started chaotic and did not ever let up from being yep. chaotic. And There's unfortunately, going on. he broke before we got the chance to do this update that I was going to do on him um, and this piece. And so, I mean, that's part of live television, though. Like I had said in the production meeting, I want to do this hit on Danny Kaviet. He's got Will Rogers as his spotter who's made him this cheat sheet of terms. And this is his first time in a stock car. And we had all this great stuff planned. Um, and then the race just went into chaos mode and from the start. And unfortunately he broke right around the time that we had like a little bit of a lull that I was going to, I literally tapped up my producer and be like, all right, let's do the Danny Kvyat thing. Let's go, let's go. And then, you know, chaos broke out again. So, you know, in live TV and live production, especially racing with 36, 37, 38, whatever there is competitors out there all at once. You know, you've got to make decisions in covering the race and telling stories, right? And do it. And a lot of times, it's best when they they line up. You know, naturally, at times we sort of try to tell, you know, find great places to tell stories, which you see often when we go and tell a story about a paint scheme or a crew member or you know something that happened off track. That's maybe that competitor is not running for the win of the race, but we want to tell this really impactful story or something like Danny Kavian, right? But when races when it's a live event and suddenly chaos breaks out, you've got to cover the race, right? And I just think we were in a position where you know you can you only have so many seconds of airtime that you have to uh, decide what to do, and that race just did not let up. Damn, well said. that's 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 unfortunate. But yeah, no, it, maybe no, he'll come back. We'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah, it, it sounds like he wants to come back. So yeah, I talked to him actually uh, before the race for a little bit. He was he was like, man. I've got about six laps. Uh, I have no idea. You know, like, this is wild, but I'm loving it. So I was like, cool. Glad to have you here. 110 F1 starts, three podiums. I mean, cool to see the guy doing it. So more yeah. power to him. Race is race. Yeah, I love it. Uh, what should we talk about now? Contracts. Uh, quickly. I don't know quickly. anything Contracts. about any of them. All right. And... I'm just going to give a quick rap sheet on this. And then, Josh, you can comment. AJ, you can jump in if you want. A couple weeks ago... Alex Pillow, IndyCar driver, IndyCar champion last year, races for Ganassi, uh, hot property. It's announced from Ganassi social media that they've re-signed him and that he'll be racing with them and a quote from, um, from him on it. He then tweets, I did not sign with Ganassi and they've used a quote that was not mine and I did not approve in their release. Then McLaren says, we signed Alex Pillow, uh, in which case... You know, totally, basically, 
trying to negate what Ganassi had said and thus began a wild in public social media uh, discussion and uh, battle over who actually has Alex Pillow's services in 2023 and beyond. McLaren trying to sign him to not not define whether he'd be an IndyCar, Formula E, or F1, other than just saying they need an F1 testing role, I guess. Um, and then obviously Ganassi saying they want him to be racing IndyCar. This has led to a now become a legal battle uh, where they've brought in lawyers, and a lot of times these things end up in mediators and such, but I think it's moved to a, a actual courts, or at least it's at that. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't exactly know, but it's moved it, into it legal. Is, it's a fish. It's officially in federal courts because it's a inter. Uh, it's multiple countries involved because he Got isn't it. from the United States. There you go. All right, uh, our lawyer Joshua Mendoza. It's in federal courts, so we'll see how that plays out. But really interesting to, you know, and this is right after Reddick basically announces he signed with 2311, not for 2023, but for 2024, which gives him like a lame duck year at RCR, which was a lot cleaner than what I'm about to go into again. Uh, and the only thing there was that he just didn't tell RCR up until like 30 minutes before the announcement. Um, and the other question there is why he was even allowed to talk to our team so early when he had just signed a year extension um, on his contract with RCR. So kind of interesting. Moving on. Um, just today. And what's it? How do you say his last name, Josh? Piast- Piastri? Uh, Oscar Piastri, I think is how you pronounce Piastri. it. An Australian. Right. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. I, an Australian uh, F1 reserve driver for Alpine and the yes. 2021 F2 champion. So very highly touted young driver. He with Fernando Alonso announcing this morning that he's going to Aston Martin uh, and catching Alpine off guard, it sounds like, with Otmar Snaffauer's, uh like, replies of being like, I haven't been able to talk to Fernando, and I read it in a, the press release, and Fernando's on a boat in Greece, but he's not. He's actually in Spain. <laughs> so, like, all oh, this is going snap. on. And so then... Alpine puts out that they've signed and F1 puts it out and everyone puts out they've signed Oscar to race in F1 in 2023, which then he almost word for word makes a tweet just like Alex Pelos that says, I have not signed with Alpine in 20 for 2023. And I, uh, they used a statement of which I did not approve or something literally like word for word to Alex Pelo. And it's like, Oh God, here we go again. Because who did he sign for? Who thinks they have him? McLaren. McLaren. <laughs> yep. Who literally is going to the same Wait, thing. Wait, the same as below. Yes, yes. Same situation. Oh, right, so right, now, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now this is blowing up again where McLaren is, and we have this thing on in the wall called Keep It with the McLarens, where McLaren is on this like crusade to sign all the open wheel talent in the world and create just world domination or something. Um, and so now there's this battle once again of like who really got his services and one thing to add on to the Pelo side mclaren then finally put out a statement where zach brown said that they would not negotiate with ganassi for Pelo's services because they believed they had signed a free agent that's where that gets messy so maybe that's some Pelo's team side his management whatever he might have messed that up this one might be more interesting where i read a thing that is unconfirmed, so this could just be a rumor. But basically, on July 31st, Oscar's 
uh, Alpine had to let him know by July 31st if they were going to put him in F1 or not, or he was free to go to uh, something like McLaren. And apparently McLaren was going to loan him out, or Alpine was loaning him out to McLaren. But then Al- Fernando waited till August 2nd, <laughs> basically, or August 1st, whatever, to announce that he's leaving, it caught Alpine off guard. So then they're like, okay, well, well, then we want Oscar, our reserve driver. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to McLaren. <laughs> so, wow. This is wild. I think Connor Daly summed it up best about this situation. Only in 2022 would a young driver have an F1 team announce that you are getting a chance in Formula One, the top of the top, the hardest series in the world to get into. It takes every, you know, bajillions of dollars and luck and just immense amounts of luck and then add in skill on top of all that. And you basically say, nah, I'm good. I got something else going on. (laughs) That's just wild. That might not even be F1. Probably not F1. No, I think Oscar is F1. I think it is. Well, well, I'm saying if he's signed with McLaren, I'm sure there's there's drivers ahead of him. I think that McLaren would. Well, no, I think he would be going and replacing Danny Rick, Ricciardo. Really? Yeah, I wow. think Ricardo. There, there's rumors Ricardo is going to be out of there, and then you know that's whole messy. Um, as far as Alonso, did they not announce that? Like, I maybe I misheard somewhere, but there was one guy who is moving from one team to Aston Martin as well. Correct? What am I? What am I blanking on here? Uh, is it Alonzo move? Alonzo is moving, or who yeah, is he, moving? Alonzo's yes, going from because Vettel is retiring. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's yeah. confirmed. And Vettel yep. is retiring. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm yep. getting all these, all these. Yeah, you're good. Champion F1 drivers confused in my head because they're sticking around way longer than normal. So yeah, I just want to well, apologize yeah, I for I. I was crapping on contract talk earlier. I didn't know it was that spicy. I I, under, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. It, it, honestly. F1 is being exciting only for the fact that there is contracts happening that is re- resulting in legal battles. I think F1 gets its most entertaining when it gets extremely political. Well, yeah, it I mean, has been. it used maybe, to be amongst the teams, you know, trying to get more money from the sport. And now it's this driver thing. And we're seeing this across motorsports right now. And Hey, uh, Landon actually texted me and said, isn't this, maybe this means that motorsports is doing really well when you see teams fighting over drivers. <laughs> yeah. It's working what we're trying to do in motorsports. I don't know. I, I all yeah, I can say is these guys sign. are all signed to multiple teams at once, apparently, and I can't get one team to sign me at all. So. Yeah. What well, the heck? <laughs> well, we're happy to announce this is actually breaking news out of the e-racer oh. camp. Um, E-Racer just published a press release announcing that they have hired Oscar Piestri to race in the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola Series for 2023. Yeah. Big news. Big news. We believe we have his services. Yep. Yep. Um, Think about this. Pelo is still racing at Ganassi and is in a legal battle with them right now. Think about that. I think he didn't How he fun sue is that? Ganassi for defamation. <laughs> Did I, was that real or... <laughs> Uh, the lawyers did mention that there may be a lawsuit against Ganassi for defamation, which I have spoken to my mother, who is a lawyer, about the idea of a defamation lawsuit or libel lawsuit. And 
she said it is one of the most difficult things to prove because not only do you have to prove it was a lie, you need to prove that it was published with mal intent. And yeah. that's the hardest part. You you know, you proving it's a lie is easy. Proving that it was done in order to hurt your image is a lot harder. Wow. Wild. Um we also have some spicy contract talk regarding the Reddick thing. Reddick wins the Indianapolis race. So they talk to Richard Childress to get his thoughts. Who's they? Yeah, and me. Yes. Parker. Wait, you're that park? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, what? Parker, tell us. What did uh what did Richard have to say about his excitement for his driver winning the Indy race? Well, we first said uh he was excited to win Indy for the fourth time, I believe is the number. Um and then I asked, okay, so you won it with your driver who's announced he's going to 2311 in a year. What's that relationship like? Because it seemed pretty testy. And he responded that Kevin Harvick let him know in advance and they talked before they made the announcement and came up with a uh, decision on how they would announce that Kevin Harvick was leaving in the next following year. Uh, and they almost won the championship that year. This is not like that. And then there was no other comment. So um, I would say... If I'm in Richard's position in RCR, I still know I have this amazing talent for another year. Lean into it. Try and win a championship. Make RCR look as good as damn possible. Um, and then say thanks and goodbye. But I can understand, you know, being a little testy just because, hey, that's human nature. If someone decides they're leaving, you know, is what it is. But that was uh, that was a fun interview. Because you know, apparently I'm the so guy that you know ask hard questions. But... I don't know how I got there. Every single time. Yep. (laughs) So here's something that's interesting. That somebody had found an article written around the time getting Richard Childress's thoughts on Kevin Harvick leaving RCR. And it very clearly pointed that Richard was unsatisfied with how this was all going down at the time. And he was not happy about just how Kevin was handling it. Which is very interesting because I'm sure as time goes on, you think things happen differently than they were. I mean, I'm guilty of it. And you start to think, okay, well, you know, our relationship's better now. Those hard feelings go away. It's just interesting because it's a very similar reaction to when Kevin left. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I don't think RCR, unless RCR, like suddenly became the top Chevy team. I don't, I didn't really see them holding Reddick anyway. So like, you know, why are we kidding I just, ourselves? I think until the sports model changes, as you're seeing with Kyle Busch right now, um, you know, they're too dependent on sponsorship. And that means that you and Reddick's position are going to go to places that can give you long-term commitments, regardless of sponsorship. And I don't think RCR was in a position to do that. So plain and simple. I don't think they, you know, we're in a position to be able to make that commitment. He went elsewhere and is what it is. I think until, you know, the sports hopefully going to change in the next couple of years with the redesign of uh, what the teams get from this, the, you know, media rights. But until that happens, we're in a really tough model where it costs way too much to, to win and run versus what the sport provides to the teams first outside of sponsorship. So I, it and doesn't surprise know, me at all. At the end of the day, there was that picture of Richard and Tyler next to each other, kissing the bricks and they were both smiling, you know, so all's well that ends well. 
Hey, they say. you know what I should have said to RC is, all right, I'll drive for half of what he is next year. <laughs> That's the way to go about it. And then, and then it cuts to the booth and they're like, okay, everybody. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> well, that is, oh, that, that would be epic. Parker, why didn't you do that? That would have made the rounds. I, when I'm in my NBC capacity, I think people can appreciate this, especially the fans watching. I tried to be when I'm in the capacity of be, almost, you know, having to act like a journalist, not act like one, be one, even though I have no formal training in journalism whatsoever. I tend to be the most impartial, you know, version of myself possible because otherwise I'm doing the broadcast a disservice. So you don't agree. I, don't do, I haven't done that stuff in eight years. Oh. I'll do it occasionally if it's funny, but I, in those moments, I lean towards being, giving the broadcast the best version of, best journalistic outcome. Honestly, you would pump up the numbers of the broadcast so much if you just <laughs> went out there, guns ablazing every time you interviewed a car owner. Hey, so I sent you an email last week. Did you get it? Did you get it? Hey, look at <laughs> contract terms. We'll drive for literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you, Parker. You definitely, there's definitely times where you could like interject and be like, "Yeah, I was in a car yesterday, guys. Believe it or not." But you, you know, you're you're there to do your job. You know, I try. That. I try. I try to. You know, and you know something else I noticed. What's you know, that? Something else I noticed, and I'm not saying this to make you feel good. Is I watched your Mid Ohio like Victory Lane interview when you won. I was like, man, that was a good interview. And then like all the interviews ever since of anybody winning a race i'm like okay you seem really bored you just won you know <laughs> they they know that they're not catching the flight home that they originally booked i mean just ask parker what it's like to win a race and trying to make it to an airport trying to make it to that flight it's tough i had to get a different flight but i felt like i earned it so well I, it is something i always appreciate about michael schumacher was and people brought this up it didn't matter if you won his first race or, you know, the last one he won. <clears throat> he was always so damn excited to win a race. And I can't stand when people get out of these cars and get to where it's like, yeah, yeah, it happened. I'm like, no, no, no. You just won at the highest level you're driving at that point. Like, that is a big accomplishment. You just, there's thousands of people working on all those other teams and are trying to stop you from doing that very thing and you did it. Like you can be excited. That is okay. Um, I've always felt that way. So I did even when I was winning every other race in Arca. You know, I, every win was like, this is awesome. Love it. So I'll always be that way. And if I'm not, you, you have full yeah. permission to slap me. On that note, guys, I'm out of words. You are? Yeah, I'm out. Okay. Well, you just said two well, more. I, I will. Uh, <laughs> I, I have. I have two small things. One, I went to NHRA two weekends ago or one one weekend ago. I saw the third and the seventh fastest time in NHRA history be ran wow. at Sonoma Raceway because the conditions were so good that they were able to run extraordinarily fast. And that was epic. And um, yeah, Pocono Raceway, uh, we saw people get disqualified 11 and 18 for the first time since the mid 60s. Yeah, that was uh, harsh. Yeah, that was uh, you know, you gotta watch that tape, dude. And 
yeah, so that's uh and the thirty four. <laughs> Yeah, thirty-four got a hundred point penalty. I mean, yeah. we really and today. Could... Today they announced they are rescinding their appeal. Yes, so that's they're right. going to take the penalty. Uh, and then Joe Gibbs put Eleven's front end out onto at, at Indy, so everyone could see exactly what they did, and it was very minor. And that's just showing everyone that NASCAR is serious. That, as Parker had alluded to previously, there are there were three golden things that you don't change and now there is four with the entire outside exterior of the car and and the chassis so you don't mess with the tires you don't mess with the fuel and yeah you don't mess with the, i don't know what the other third you don't mess with anything you don't mess with the car. yeah exactly so that's it now oh he's got words he's got words parker's still got it all right um, yeah no you don't mess with anything and i don't care if it's tape or not it's all about percentage too and if that was one percent better when everyone has the same thing, that's a huge advantage. It's a hundred percent. Yeah, one one percent better per lap is a hundred percent better every one hundred laps. Yeah, yeah. You don't mess with anything, and you provide your car to the tech tent with a smile and a yes sir or yes ma'am. Whoever, Agreed. Whoever the tech person is. Agreed. Yep. Well said. Well said. Boys, I'm completely out of voice. <laughs> Yeah, I want to go. Eat. I got some dinosaur chicken nuggets, so I'm gonna go eat. This has been fun. Glad to be back. Those sound dope. Jealous. Um, that was that was a lot of fun. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Check Google us Plus. out on yeah. Uh, check us out on YouTube. <laughs> be sure to drop that there. Send us a voice memo. Eraser.gg forward slash podcast. Get us in. Connect with us. We want to hear from you or not. I don't. If you have a bad take, don't really send us something. I don't want to hear. It. All right. yeah, if you're gonna be mean, yeah, I'll just end this thing already. Nah. <laughs>